Welcome to episode 3 of After the Press, the weekend of December 10th here on ClintonHero.com. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Zach James, and alongside joining me in a couple minutes, it's Sports Editor John Gremolfs. Before we go into our banner here, let's take a look at the prep basketball scoreboard from Friday night. Starting off with the boys, Clinton got a nice win down at Davenport West. They they won that game 56-36. Lincoln Thomas had 20 points. Prince of Peace got a road win as well at Springville, 53-48. Cascade defeated Comanche, 66-58. Northeast defeated Bellevue, 64-39. Fulton lost to Rockridge, 68-56. Prophetstown got a nice win against Morrison, 45-40. River Ridge over West Carroll, 44-40. Easton Valley over Lisbon, 61-54. And Central De- DeWitt remains winless on the boys' side by losing to West Delaware, 58-46. On the girls' side, the Clinton River Queens lost to Davenport West, 45-38. Comanche lost as well, 46-42 to Cascade. Prince of Peace fell to Nopats, 1A number 1-ranked Springville, 74-19. Rebecca DeVarco had 12 points in that game. West Carroll lost to Pearl City, 53-47. Bellevue topped Northeast, 54-45. Emma Kelchin with 26 points. Easton Valley doubled up Lisbon, 69-30. Marquette Catholic over Maquoketa Valley, 67-50. And finally, West Delaware defeated Central DeWitt, 53-44. John, as we bring you in here, you listened to the majority of the Clinton doubleheader tonight. I got to see the Cascade Comanche doubleheader. It was actually a very competitive doubleheader in, in Comanche tonight with a lot of those teams being ranked. But uh, what did you notice by listening to the Clinton doubleheader on Friday night? Well, there are two completely different games for Clinton. The girls just could not hit the hit the basket early. They just had shooting problems. They had a lot of chances. Uh West closed the first quarter on a 7-0 run to take the lead. They opened the second quarter on a 7-0 run, so that 14 straight points put them in control. Clinton whittled it down to one early in the third quarter. They scored the first seven points of the third quarter, but they just couldn't ever get over the hump. They had uh, too many turnovers at key times, and like I said, they just had trouble hitting the hitting the basket. Uh, their outside shooting that's been pretty good this year let them down a little bit, uh, and they just uh, didn't get the three-pointers that they needed. The boys, on the other hand, came out firing. Lincoln Thomas, 10 points in the first quarter, 20 for the game. He had a couple of back-to-back threes there in the first quarter that helped him take a 10-point lead. Uh, uh, Jaden Mixon had another solid game with uh, 12 points. Uh, they brought up uh, Ricky Clay. He got some action in, scored a basket, and so... Uh, Another addition, uh, Jameer Broughton also uh, got in the game uh, as a starter tonight, hit an early three-pointer, so he contributed. Uh, they had some nice efforts, too, from the rest of the guys. They got off to a, you know, they built that lead early, double-digit lead, and it stayed double digits most of the rest of the way. And then they expanded it to 20 by the end. Yeah, it's really nice for Lincoln Thomas to step in and take that main role for the River Kings since they don't have that dominant guy like they have in the last three years. And I'm not trying to discredit Lincoln at all. He's a nice little player, but he's not the same type of player like Brady, Jalen, and Derek was in the last three years. So it's nice for the River Kings to have that in Lincoln Thomas. Yeah, and, and uh, as we said, uh, Jaden Mixon's been solid every game, too. And, and tonight they, they put together a full game, whereas the last couple games, you know, they had some pretty good efforts, but they just had some a couple lulls that really cost them. Tonight they made sure they played that whole game, and they came away with a win in the uh, 
Mac debut. And finally, home fans will get to see him next week when they come home for the first time. I'm a basketball junkie, so this weekend is going to be exciting for me as long as Mother Nature decides to cooperate. But you're a wrestling guy, and uh, there's going to be a big duel coming up on Saturday night, the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones. What do you see from from that? Well, I don't know that it's a big duel anymore. Iowa State uh, just isn't quite where it was uh, decades ago. You know, its program's got some talent, but... Uh, you know, I I just don't see uh, them being much of a match for the Hawkeyes. I think the Hawkeyes are too strong overall. Uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that the Hawkeyes will have too much trouble with that one winning it. And you know, the Hawkeyes have their height their sights set pretty high this year. They do, they do, and that wrestling duel has its own limelight with the Cyclones and uh, Hawkeyes men's basketball teams away for a finals break. Closing up the winter meetings, the hot stove stuff, that's been a big thing this week with Mark Melanson going to the Giants, Ioana Cespedes staying with the Mets, uh, a bunch of other uh, deals, uh, Chris Sale going to the Red Sox, but Dexter Fowler going to the enemy side of the Chicago Cubs into the St. Louis territory, that one kind of surprised me a little bit. What did you notice from that one? I don't know. It didn't really surprise me that much. I mean, St. Louis needed a needed an outfielder, and you know, as as uh, the Cubs kind of proved last year when they signed Lackey and and uh, Hayward, uh, you know, if if you can take somebody from your rival, uh, it creates uh, you know you you weaken them as well as strengthen yourself. You know, Fowler, uh, you know, probably deserved a good payday. He's put together a couple pretty good years. He was a key player on that. Uh, Cubs World Championship team. And, and a leadoff home in Game 7. And, uh, you know, so he's getting, he's getting, you know, what he deserves probably. And, uh, you know, the Cubs, uh, you know, could have signed him, but they obviously feel they're deep enough at that position, at those positions that that they could let him go. Yeah. So And they let go of Jorge Soler this week, too, in a trade with Wade Davis to strengthen their bullpen, which is never a bad thing either. But with all that said, did the White Sox win this week? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out if they won in about five years when, uh, you know, when we see what these prospects do. They certainly seem like they got a really good, maybe a better deal for Adam Eaton than they got for Chris Sale just because they don't think uh, – you know, Adam Eaton bringing back that kind of return for you know a player who's not bad, but he's certainly not a not a prime time you know star or anything. You know, it, it just depends. You just never know about when you're dealing prospects. You know, if if they come through, if they you know if if they're come through like Rizzo and Addison Russell uh, did on the other side of town, then then they're great deals. If they uh, if they're like you know, some other uh, prospects who, you know, you see and have long since forgotten. You go back, look back in the uh, Baseball America prospect guide for about 10 or 15 years ago, and you look at the top of those, and, you know, you'll see, hey, yeah, this guy really amounted to something, but you'll see a lot of those guys yeah. who were ranked in the top 5, 10 prospects who you go, boy, that guy just, he never panned out. So, you just never know. And you speak of prospects, a couple of Lumber Kings, former Lumber Kings got picked up in the Rule 5 draft, including Kevin Gadea from Tampa Bay. Uh, he had a really nice season here in 2016, which was a nice uh, contribution, had a nice contribution, especially uh, as a starter. It's it's d- disappointing to see Gadea go to another organization, but like you say with Fowler, he probably deserved that too. Yeah, and with those Rule 5 picks, you never know. I mean, it, you know, that's... 
that's an awful big challenge for them. They got to stay up on the major league roster for the whole season. You know, otherwise they have to be offered back to the original team, and you're getting guys who are, you know, a guy who plays in low A. It's, it's, you know, that's, an awfully big, that's an awfully big jump. But there was a guy who played in low A ball for the Quad Cities about uh, oh, almost 20 years ago now who got picked up in the Rule 5 draft. Uh, Johan Santana, Minnesota, was able to keep him on their roster, you know, and just gave him some real limited bullpen duty, but they carried him for a year or so. And, you know, he emerged into a pretty good player. So, you know, every once in a while you'll find somebody like that. For sports editor John Gremmels, this is Zach James. Thanks for listening to the After the Press podcast here on ClintonHero.com and on iTunes.